0: Hey, happy mamas. Welcome back. We are on episode 10 of the Happy Mama Project. And I wanted to start today's episode by maybe a little bit of clarification. Maybe um, as I was sitting doing the dishes just a few minutes ago, my head was just spinning through all the different things that I want to share and all the different things that I um, have been thinking about. And, you know, how would I say that? And is it really something useful to someone? And um, I was thinking through, we've had the launch and, um, I honestly, let me just give a little backstory on kind of where I've been, I guess. I, I mentioned a little bit in episode one, kind of my story, and I talked about how you know I've done a little bit of coaching and things like that. And people who know me kind of in the professional world, maybe, know that my vocation has been a professional speaker. Um, I've written a book, and I've done some coaching. So I used to do a lot of mindset coaching where I would take a group of people through my mindset curriculum that's um, followed closely in my book. Um, or I've done some private coaching where usually it was like an entrepreneur and they were working through building a business and they were also working through some mindset issues and wanted someone to coach them and hold them accountable and just kind of guide them through the process of building a business and all the, all the mindset work that comes with that. And, um, and all my clients were moms just like me. They were people like me who were working from home, who were, you know, doing a hustle on the side kind of thing. Um, to try and create an impact and maybe try and change the course of what was going on in their family life. Um, And God had shown them a way that they could do that from home and still keep their most important role as wife and mother, the most important role. And so I got to do a lot of coaching that way. And, you know, it was really awesome. It was a really awesome experience. And one of the things that I learned through that was every time, um, you know, I'd get on a call with these wonderful, amazing women who became dear friends, and they would bring up a situation that they needed just an outside perspective on. They're like, hey, this is what's going on. Like, can you help me see this a little different? Or what's what's your feedback on this? And and maybe help me look through some options of how to solve this or what to do. And as I was coaching them through some of these situations, um, I would hear things come out of my mouth that I was like, that didn't come from me. I don't know where that came from. I've never had that thought in my life before. Um, and as quickly as that thought would come and I would say it, the next thing that would hit me like a ton of bricks was I needed to hear that for myself, like how cool that they needed it and that God was able to answer their prayer. And it was something he was trying to tell me too. And I thought that was a really cool experience. Well, I just always I'm, I'm weird, I guess. I'm one of those weird people who actually likes to talk. I like to be in front of a lot of people. I'm just a born performer. I remember telling my, asking my mom and dad when I was going through a lot of kind of the purpose phase of the five pillars, which I'm always going through, um, but a lot of self-discovery. And I was like, hey, um, was I always kind of a performer? And I remember my dad saying, both my mom and dad saying, you know, we saw you on the stage and I started performing Um, I think I was like four when I did my first piano recital and I was six when I first started dancing. Um, and I was, it was, I was probably eight when I first started singing and in a, in a performance way. And, um, they said, we would see you on the stage and you would just light up like that was your happy place. And so you just always wanted to be there. So we just made sure it happened, you know? So I got to dance competitively and I did a ton of music Um, A lot of singing and, um, you know, when I was in high school, it branched out into a a little bit of musicals. I was not good at all, but um, I had a lot of fun and got to experience, you know, some of these things with performing and stuff like that. And um, But I'm one of those people that I like to be in front of people and I like to share. It's not that I like to share my opinion. I think I maybe mentioned that once before in one of the other episodes. I actually don't like sharing my opinion. I'm very guarded with it. Uh, because I don't like conflict. Like, what if someone doesn't agree with me? That's really hard for me. And so I just don't share. I'm okay with someone doesn't agree with me. I just don't want to, I don't want them to, you know, be mean about it, I guess. Um, anyway, I, um, I, a couple years ago, when I started speaking, I would have these thoughts come to me of like, oh, this is something I could share with someone. Oh, this is something I could share with something. Like, I wonder if that would help somebody. Here's a, here's a view on that I hadn't noticed before. Here's, here's something I learned that's really cool. But I didn't have an avenue of where to share it. And, you know, I would share some of those things when I was speaking and when I was doing masterminding and coaching and things. But I, what I ended up doing was I would turn on my voice recorder on my phone and I would record them as if I was, you know, like podcasting or something. And I wasn't, I wasn't podcasting, but I would just feel this huge desire to share and to get it outside of my body. Like it needed to come out of my mouth. And for one, that's how I process. I process outwardly. And for two, there was just this huge drive and there has been ever since high school to share, to share with people, to help teach. I love teaching. Um, It's my most favorite thing to do is teaching. And so... This last year, I kept, you know, pulling out my phone and recording things. And I have, I just pulled out my phone yesterday to check. I have over 300 recordings on my phone, 300 recordings from the last couple of years of things where I'm like, I got to remember that thought I just had, like, maybe that'll help somebody. And I'd flip it on and be like, Hey guys, da, da 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 and I'd start spitting it out. Well, when it came time, when I felt really called to um, do something with this happy mama project. I remember I was in the shower, which is the best place for me to think. And, um, and I had this thought of like, Shelly, you know, a prompting, it was a prompting. I'll give it, I'll give it the, the credit it deserves. Um, this thought of like, Shelly, you've been taught some of these things, like you're still working through it, right? You're not perfect and you're not out of the woods yet, but you're working through this process of finding more peace and joy and and getting rid of that kind of hollow, empty feeling that I think a lot of us moms experience on some level. We don't even know how to describe what it is and we feel really guilty. We have it, but we have it. Um, and, and I was working through this process of getting out of that huddle feeling and getting through, you know, the mental health crisis that I'd had and, um, and really finding a new way to jive in my own skin and in my own life as a mom and a wife and a business owner and everything else that, that goes on in our lives. And, this idea of like, Shelley, maybe you need to take all those recordings and maybe you need to actually just start sharing with people, um, that, that all these things that keep coming up in my head, maybe they're not just coming from me. Like, Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe they're actually coming from God and that he's helping me to see things that might help other people. And I've been given the desire, uh, and the odd, strange talent to want to get up in front of large amounts of people and talk. Like, I know that's just the weirdest thing ever, but you know, I've been given kind of this desire to open my mouth for a reason. And so as I just pondered on that for months and months and months and kept recording stuff on my phone, then I thought, you know what, it's time for me to actually get some of this out there in a way that other people can listen to it. Well, when everything launched for the Happy Mama Project and things went live on her, um, on our website, just a place where I housed all the episodes as we were waiting for them to go live um, on your podcast apps and things like that. um, I was getting responses back from a few people, um, a greater response than I had expected. Honestly, I just felt I had to get this out there and I had no expectation. Uh, I had really just said, you know what, there's just, there's no There's no result. I mean, there's things I hope that it's able to do, but really I had to detach from the results and just leave that up to God. That all I needed to be was an instrument. And so I recorded all these episodes. I, you know, I've built out this framework that I started talking to people about and sharing with people, and it was starting to resonate with people. Like, oh yeah, I can see, I can see where I have needs that you know maybe need to be met in my life so that I can have more sustainable peace and more sustainable joy and this emotional wellness we're looking for, right? And so I put it out there and I started seeing people who know me in my, again, in my professional life, maybe my vocation of speaking and, and writing and coaching and stuff say, oh, a new program, you know, like you're going to charge for this, right? You've built a new program. And I've built a lot of programs (laughs) in the last eight years or so. Um, But I, I don't want you to, let me just set this record straight. There is no, there's no economic Driver, there's no economic engine. There's no there's no money behind this. Um, in fact, I'm going against so many things I've been coached um, from other business coaches and things that I've paid a lot of money to teach me how to run business. Um, and I'm going to give away nearly all of my stuff for free on this podcast. Um, I'm going to open up the vault of all my content, of products that I've made, of programs that I've built. Um, just because somebody needs it. Uh, my my intention here is purer than it's ever been. Uh, and I've always just wanted to help people. Uh, but this, this is so much deeper for me. Uh, and I just want you guys to know that. I want you to know that, you know, down the road, you're going to see that I share the products that I use and that, you know, maybe in the Facebook group, we're going to Run some challenges, and if you wanted to be coached on some of this stuff, like that's certainly an option. But that's not why I'm here. Like I'm happy to do that, and there'll be opportunities for that if you want it. But that's not why this podcast is here. And you'll see as I continue to share about the five pillars, you're gonna get a lot of content. Like this is gonna be content heavy um, because that's what I'm really good at <laughs> is is just shelling out content and making it easy for people to understand. Um, and and so again, I just want you to know that there's there's no hidden agenda um, behind this. This is just Shelly wanting to make a difference. Um, and this is filling that purpose need that I've been missing for so long. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not going to be spamming you and I'm not going to be, you know, pouring over Facebook to like see every little response that everybody makes, like I got a family to run. And it's, I, it's really hard to tear myself away from, you know, I love, I love running my business. And and I do, I run a successful network marketing business and a coaching business. And, um, and I love that aspect. But this is, this is not, this is strictly because I want to share. And I've been overwhelmed already with the responses of people that I know and love saying, you know, this isn't just for you, Shelley. I've been praying for this. And, um, and if it's just those two or three people that have responded to me like that, that this is for them, it's enough. I don't care how much work I go through if it if it changes the life or helps one mom find more peace and find a little bit more joy then it's worth it. It's worth it every amount of it. So I just wow, that was like 10 minutes of explanation. But I need you to know where my heart is. I need you to know Um, how I really feel about this and that this really is like at this point, this is just a podcast and on the website, you'll see there's like a couple of resources you can download. But other than that, like that's what this is. The Facebook group, we're going to do some fun stuff in there and and I'm going to post pretty regularly in there and share some things that I can't easily share over a podcast. Um, But, but other than that, like we're just here to grow, right? We're just here to get better. So with that being said, I want to dive into just a few minutes worth of um, some things that have been on my brain today that probably needed to be back at like episode two or three, but um, I didn't. it didn't come to me the same way until until yesterday or today as I was thinking about it. And I think I briefly touched in it in the first episode or two about why it matters that we... Kind of go on this journey, this transformation, um, to find emotional wellness, and I want to talk a little bit deeper about finding your why, right? So let me tell you my why, and I think again I may have said this because I don't script these things, folks. This is really just coming straight from my heart with a couple of notes. Um, so I may have already said this, but I'm going to share it again. Um, we, as a family, were in a really um, a really tough pickle. And we had just um, moved to uh, rural Utah, um, central Utah, a place that we loved. And my oldest daughter at the time had just been through kindergarten. And it was a rough go. I still, now that she's a freshman in high school, still can't quite put my finger on why it was so tough. (laughs) Um, We had a lot of struggles we didn't even realize we were dealing with at the time. And for whatever reason, kindergarten just broke her. Uh, it shouldn't have. She's a brilliant, smart, vivacious, fun girl, but it was just such a struggle. And, um, and so that summer after kindergarten, she came home and, uh, sat on the couch a lot, which was so unlike her. And I started to hear things come out of her mouth. Like, um, I'm just going to throw myself to the bottom of the river. And I thought, how did she even hear that? Like, where did that come from? And, And again, I was terrified, like she's six years old, and she's starting to have thoughts like that. Then I would hear other things come out of her mouth. And I've never, I've never had those thoughts or said those kind of things. And so I don't know where she got that from. But other things that came out of her mouth, things about being discouraged, things about looking at things negatively and kind of blaming others and that kind of thing. Like, I knew that where that came from. I knew where she'd kind of learned that. And because it sounded a lot like what came out of my mouth, right? And I remember how heart wrenching it was. That she had adopted at such a young age, this cynical, discouraged, depressed outlook on life. Um, And I was overwhelmed uh, and heartbroken. And it was a much needed turning point for me. Now, not to say that for six years before that, seven actually, with her pregnancy, I hadn't wanted change. Because I certainly did. I didn't love how I felt. But A, I didn't know there was anything different I could do. I didn't know that life was any different. I just thought this is what it is. This is just life is miserable, right? It's just the way it is. And B, um, I don't even know what B was, right? I just thought this is the way it was supposed to be. So at that point, I realized that if I didn't do something about getting better, about changing how I thought about changing, how I saw the world, about changing, how I saw life, that there was a good chance she was going to be even worse off than I was. Cause here I was 30 something years old and, or nearly 30, I guess. And, um, and I was struggling, right. With depression and anxiety. And I thought she's showing signs at six years old. She's going to be a mess (laughs) and I got to do something to help her. Like, I just can't keep teaching her this. And it was around that time that I told the story already about having um, Susan Gardner, bless her soul, come in and teach us about the winner's creed and the brain and, and how it works. And I was just, it was a lifesaver for me. Um, every day that I continue to get up and get going and do the hard things and push through and struggle through the depressed days and struggle through the anxious days and really relish, and enjoy the good days. I think about that cute little daughter who's now 14. And I think about that time seeing her on the couch. I'm tearing up right now, just thinking about it. Um, and about the course that her life would have taken if I hadn't done something. And that became again, a turning point for me and a deep rooted why. Why I was gonna figure this out why I was going to keep working and keep working and keep working, keep searching, keep praying, keep looking, keep learning, keep growing, keep, you know, um, cause this is not a, a walk in the park to figure this out. This is not the changes that I had to make are not easy. At least they weren't for me. Maybe they will be for you guys. I sure hope so. Um, but for me, it was really, it was really tough. This transformation I've had to go on, um, and had to go through has been rocky at times and yet has been, the most fulfilling, most joyful experience as we're coming through it that I've ever experienced too. Um, because I look at my kids and I look at how they deal with things and like life isn't easy. Right. And they still struggle. And, you know, I've got a couple that deal with anxiety that they can't control. And I've got a couple that are still struggling with you know, maybe some, some chemical imbalances, some hormone imbalances that cause some struggles with some sad feelings and things like that. And I have been blown away at their emotional resiliency. If you want to call it that, I don't even know what else to call it, that they have a view about things that they're able to pull themselves through certain things that I couldn't do at their age. Like I just barely learned it a couple of years ago, But hopefully, I've been able to share that not just by what I say, but more by my example of how I act in our everyday life. Um, And I've sure set a lot of poor examples too, (laughs) right, as we all do. Um, So today, I want you to be thinking about what your why is. Um, let me share an example of how you find this. Okay. Now this is an example from Winter's Edge, which is my mental strength training for youth. And it has to deal with athletics, performers, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Several years ago, I was working with um, an athlete and he was, gosh, he was probably in his mid sixties at the time. And he had come to me and said, Hey coach, would you help me? I want to, he ran 5Ks and he had, he didn't really run a lot younger. It wasn't like something he did all the time, but he was getting to the point where he loved the idea of running. And so he was starting to like do 5Ks and train for half marathons and stuff like that. And he's you know, again, he's in his sixties, but you would see him, you know, running all the time and it was just awesome. Well, he came to me and he said, Hey, this is my 5K time. And over the course of the summer, I really want to cut this many minutes. It was like four minutes or something. Now, if you're running pretty regularly, um, cutting four minutes off a of 5K time is is fairly substantial, right? Depending on what kind of shape you're in. And and he was in pretty good shape. So for him to cut four minutes off, that was, that was a pretty good stretch. And I figured that it was probably going to take most of the summer to cut that off. And we were going to build a plan of some different training things. And we were going to do some mindset things and... You know, so in this first session with him, I like to do a little bit of discovery, right? And so I, I like to start with people and say, Hey, tell me why, like, why is this important to you? Why do you want to, why do you want to cut this? Or why do you have this goal? Right? So he says to me, well, um, I, I run because it's a good example to my kids. And I run because it helps my stress level and it's good for my health. And I was like, okay. And I was like, why else do you run? You know, why do you want to cut this time off? And I just kept pes- pressing, pressing. excuse me, why, 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 right? And finally, we're sitting on the couch and he um, he kind of bounces up off the couch a little bit and he gets this pep and he sits up off the couch and he gets really excited, he gets this big grin from ear to ear, had the best smile. And he said, um, you know what? I just really like blowing past people. The y- blow- Excuse me. Let me try that again. I just really like blowing past young people at the end. And then he sits back down and he gets really calm. But he said, it's good for my help. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm sure it is. But let's go back. Let's go back to when you were bouncing off the couch. You were so excited, right? So I kind of pressed him a little bit, about, little bit about that. And he said, you know what? I just, he said, maybe this is, maybe this is cocky of me. And it really wasn't. He said, but I just like to show people that you don't have to, like, be lazy when you get old and that you can still do things and you can still try new things and you can still be growing. And, you know, and so he's like, when I pass younger people, it just gets me excited. Like, ha, I'm older than you and I'm still doing it. Right. And how fun is that? Right. So here's the story. We just did a discovery session that day. We really hadn't done much planning or anything. I think it was like a Tuesday. Well, Saturday, he was running a 5K. So Saturday morning about 8.15, I get this text and it says, hey, coach, guess what? And I'm like, I don't know what. And he said, I just cut two minutes off my time. And I'm like, two minutes? Really? That's That's pretty good. I mean, I was really impressed. And I said, how'd you do it? And he said, I just kept thinking about blowing past people at the end. And every time I saw someone in front of me, I just thought, I got them. And he just speed up a little bit. And then he'd see the next person. I got them. And he's like, especially if they're younger than me, like if they're younger than me, I was like, you're going down. And he just kept passing everybody and just tying into his motivation, his why, like his true why, his, I call it your core why, made huge amounts of progress towards his goal. Right? And he's held on to that now for, gosh, 9 years or something to where he's running half marathons, he's running in the senior games, like all sorts of really cool things. Because he held on to that, you know what? I'm here to show people that you don't have to sit around and be lazy when you retire, right? That you can work hard and you can make a difference and you can do things. And I just think that's really cool. It's a cool example of tying into your core motivation, okay? So let's unpack this for a sec. Um I th- I like to look at it, again, I'm very visual, so I like to think about this kind of maybe as an onion, and you think about when you're taking apart an onion, if you were just to peel off the layers, like layer by layer, when you get down into the middle stuff and you cut it open with, you know, with a knife, that's when you get to the part that makes you cry, right? So I like to think of surface motivations and core motivation, okay? So think back to our runner, his surface motivations, things that were good, and would get you started, but maybe not get you, you know, maybe not carry you through when things got rough. His surface motivation was like, "Oh, this is a good example for people. It's good for my health. You know, it helps my stress level. And those are really great motivations, right? And for some people, that motivation might be their core motivation, right? But for him, it was just a surface thing. And it got him started. But the real thing that kept him going, cutting down into the middle of the onion, getting to the juicy part, that when you talk about it, your emotion or your body language changes. Okay. And for a lot of people, it brings up tears or, you know, some fighting spirit. For him, it brought up like giddiness. Okay. And changed in his body language. He's bouncing off the couch. Um, When you get into that core stuff, you've gotten into something strong. You've gotten into something you can tie yourself into that when tomorrow rolls around and you don't want to go running, Or when you don't feel like there's anything left in your body, uh, in his case, right, that you can negotiate with your body for more because your why runs deep, right? You feel it deep in your heart, not just in your head. And so we talked about commitment several episodes back, and this ties into commitment very well. If you're going to go on this journey with me, and I'm challenging you to do it, okay? I'm challenging you not to just listen to these episodes and go, oh, that's nice. But like to really let it sink in and say, hey, where... Where are my deficits in these five pillars? And what can I do about it, right? How do I meet the needs of these five pillars? Because I want this and this is why I want it. Like I want you to take some time to peel back the surface motivation and and dive into that core motivation, like tie into something that when you think about it, it just almost takes breath out of you just takes the wind right out of you right so here's a case in point last night I was at an oil class actually with a brilliant oil educator Laura Jacobs and a bunch of friends and um at the end of this class there was a bunch of goodies on the table and we we tend to try and eat pretty healthy because a lot of us have been on this health journey together and we understand the power of you know really great food and um but there happened to be, so there's a lot of great food on the table, some fruit, some veggies, some sourdough bread, different things. And right in the middle of the table was this most delicate um, looking apple pastry kind of thing. Ugh, it looked so good. And I had gone to this thing without dinner, right? So I'm starving, of course. And, and I'm thinking, I got to regulate my blood sugar. Like I got to eat and everything. And I'm looking at this pastry thinking, okay, the old Shelly before my transformation would have eaten like half of it and not even batted an eye or felt bad or even thought there I was doing anything I shouldn't be doing. Right. Well, I made a pact over the holidays. I got into a little more sugar than my body can handle. And when I get too much sugar, um, my anxiety kicks up and that's when I start to not just feel anxious, but I start to get, I don't know if feisty is the right word, but you know that feeling, right? When you're really anxious. And so when anything happens, you just, you're much more likely to fly off the handle. Is that a nice way to put it? And when that happens, I scare my kids, right? And I have gotten to the point, the awareness that I'm not okay with that anymore. And I don't like how I feel like that, right? So here I am last night and we were we were talking with someone else who was there and they were talking about a habit that they had about energy drinks or caffeine drinks or something like that. And um and we were trying to to invite them to maybe make a better choice, right? And he's and he said, Well how do you like how do you do that? When you've become so addicted to something or you're so used to something, like how do you walk away from it? And I said to him, when the desire for change or the outcome that you get from not drinking it or from not eating it or whatever is better than the payoff of drinking it. I don't even know if I worded that correctly, but case in point, I said to him, You see that pastry over there? I want it. Like, we're going to have to leave because I want it that bad. I want it. And he's looking at me like I'm a crazy lunatic. And I said, but I know, and I've, I've experienced this enough and become aware enough that I know if I'm not intentional with what I eat and I just kind of eat whatever, then tomorrow I'm going to face some things I'm not okay with. And it's going to affect my kids in ways I'm really not okay with. Right? If it was just me here at home, pff, I'd do it. I'd probably eat it. Right? But it's not just me here at home. It's five littles who need a mom who's in control. And if I get in the wrong kind of sugar and too much of it, I'm not in control. It's much harder for me to stay in control. And so I said to him, "I my desire for tomorrow to be okay is stronger than my desire to eat that dang good pastry. In fact, I sat and watched the girl next to me eat it and I was like, Good, I don't know. She's like, Oh, it's really good. I'm like, We're gonna have to go, (laughs) and we had to leave. I know it sounds silly, but I am grateful that I'm at that point where I can make that kind of decision. Because you know what? A year and a half ago, I didn't make that kind of decision, I ate it anyway. Like, the craving and the desire was stronger, and I wasn't in a place where I could stop and say, What does this mean tomorrow? Like, what is this gonna mean for other people around me? Not just gosh, I want that. It tastes so good. But like, is it worth it? I remember um, being an education week at BYU several years ago, and I was listening to uh, a presenter and she said she was talking kind of about this journey, her journey that was similar to this. And she said, um, she said you know what, if I'm going to eat chocolate, it dang well better be worth it. Like I'm not going to eat that waxy cheapo stuff. I'm going to eat the good stuff. Because of what it's going to do to me, it better be worth it. And I, so I've kind of like thought through that every time I take a bite of something, I'm like, is this really worth it? And there are times, by golly, it is worth it, (laughs) right? There are certain things that I am willing to eat. It's worth it in some ways, okay? But there are plenty of times when it is not worth it. And I had to stop and be intentional and make that choice. Now, why am I able to make that choice? Because my why is stronger than my craving. Because I know that if I get into that sugar and I eat too much, and sometimes any at all will do it to me depending on what sugar it is, uh, that I'm going to end up borderline a raving lunatic if I'm not careful. And that the amount of work it's going to take for me to pull myself back off the ledge, keep things under control, not snap out, not have a come apart and need to like throw away everything in my entire house, which I have tried to do before because that's the only way I knew how to solve it was like eliminate the chaos, right? Um, I know that that bite of pastry or that sip of hot chocolate or whatever is not worth what it's going to do to me and everyone around me tomorrow, right? Because my why is deeper. The payoff isn't, isn't worth it. But it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I can make that kind of decision. And, and it comes from, again, that that why is strong. So as you're trying to figure out what your why is, I want you just to ask, your, ask yourself a question. So why do I want this transformation? Like, why am I willing to do the work for this? Why do I want this? What is it affecting, right? So let me just take you through a little bit of an exercise. And um, we've done a little bit of this before on some of the other podcasts, but I want to do it again. And I want you to think about your why as we go through this. This might help you determine your why or latch onto something strong enough to keep you going when it gets hard. The first question I want to ask you is, where are you now? Right? What does a typical day look like for you? What does a typical day feel like for you? Okay. Uh, you know, if you're in the throes of the, the babyhood <laughs> right? And the young kids, oh my gosh, we're, we're slowly walking out of that stage. My youngest is two and a half. That stage, for whatever reason, is the toughest for me. When, when kids are so reliant on me physically, it is, that pushes my anxiety so high. I don't know why. Um, And, you know, when, when you're in that stage, like there is a, it's a high stress situation, right? And so I know a lot of you guys, that's where you're at. Uh, and I know so many of you are on different sta- in different stages, right? But I just want you to think, where are you at now? Do an evaluation, okay? So what what do you feel on a daily basis? Like, are you feeling pretty happy? Are you feeling, you know, discouraged? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling sad? You know, what's your general, like if you had to rate it on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, dude, life cannot get better. And one being like, I'm done. Where are you? Right. Are you four are you five? gosh maybe you're a three I've been there I've been I've been down in the in the one twos and threes before maybe you're an eight right you're just looking for just some improvement right I'm gonna guess though I'm gonna guess that many of us who are struggling with some of these things you know are down in the fours and fives maybe okay and the reality is we probably know that our life is pretty good in a lot of ways and yet we're still struggling right? We can't blame it on our circumstances because they're actually not not too bad. Maybe they're stressful, right? Maybe there's some situations that are really hard, but really overall, maybe things are going okay, but we're still not happy. So rate yourself. Like, where are you now? What's it like? What does it feel like on a day-to-day basis? How you doing? Now, the next question I want you to ask yourself is, where do I want to be? Like, what do I really want it to be like? What do I want my day-to-day feelings and emotions and outlook and mindset? And, you know, what do I really want? What do I think God wants for me? Right? And you're going to recognize there's a gap, probably, in between those two things. Right? So the question is, A, how long has it been the way it is now? And if it were to stay that way forever, for the next five years, for the next 10 years, like, are you okay with that? So knowing what you want and knowing where you are and seeing the gap, if the gap never closed, are you okay with that? And what effect is that gap having on you, on the people around you, on maybe your your marriage, Your relationships with your family, your relationship with your kids, you know, like if you stayed where you're at and things continued on as they are, what does it mean for everyone else? What does it mean for you and what does it mean for them? And are you okay with that? Now, if you're not okay, what are you going to do about it? What are you willing to do to close the gap? Like even if we can just take you from a five to a six or a five to a seven, that'd be amazing, right? Anything, anything in the right direction sounds good to me, right? And here's the reality, the time is going to pass anyway. So I can say, oh, just takes so much work and it's going to take so long. And then a year from now, I do that. I did this so much with like trying to release weight. Oh my gosh, it's going to take me like six months to release that certain amount of weight. That just feels so long, like I want it gone tomorrow. And then I wouldn't do anything about it. And six months would come and I'd be like, wait, really, I could have been down where I wanted to be by now. But instead, I got so discouraged, it was going to take so long that I just did nothing. Like the time's going to pass anyway. So are you willing to put some effort in and do something about it to change the course to ta- to change your trajectory here? I love what President Uchtdorf said, and I talk about this in the, in the towards the last chapter of my book, and I won't be able to even quote it correctly, um, but you can go look it up. He says, what happens when a plane flying all the way around the earth from one point and circling around the earth is off by one degree? Like how far off will they be as they circle back around the earth? One degree. And I question people that all the time. It's a fun question. They're like, oh... A mile or something? And he's like, no, I want to say it's like 500 something miles. I can't remember exactly. It's like 500 something miles that it's off by the time in one year, you come all the way around and you're off one degree and you're off by 500 miles. Now, I don't want you to be discouraged thinking we're talking about how far you're off. Let's imagine you made one degree course correction. And a year from now, What kind of change have you made? If you're constantly making 1% course correction, 500 miles difference, 500 miles. So try not to get overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, there's all these pieces to this process. And this transformation takes effort and time and, you know, so much work and you want it all done now. I get it. Oh my gosh, I get it. But one degree difference, one step in the right direction changes the course of your future. One step. So let's let's dig into that why, right? Are you willing to make a course correction so that something changes, so that a year from now, you're 500 miles from where you are now when it comes to your emotional health? Ugh, I wished... I wished I would have had that in my perspective years ago, right? Okay, so we've already gone through a couple of questions. Let's go back to those. First, where are you now? Second, where do you want to be? Third, what's the gap, right? Are you okay if nothing changes? I'm going to say no. (laughs) I'm going to guess. I'm going to make a guess for you, okay? The answer is no. What are you willing to do about it? How committed are you to the changes necessary? Right? What are you willing to do? Now, I'm going to invite you to join me in 2020 for this emotional transformation. And I'm going to give you every tool I have, everything that I can muster up, that I can find, that I can learn, that I can, that I've dealt with on my own that I can get from other experts. Like I'm going to give you every tool I can find to help you on this journey. And you may be led to find other tools. I don't have all the answers. I hope I have a lot of them. I hope I have something at least spark something for you that, that as you're listening to this and as you're thinking, okay, I've got some gaps to fill. Like, where do I go to fill them? How do I get the information I need? Because I may not have all the answers for you and that's okay. I'm just, I just want you to, Ah, I just want you to start thinking, right? I want you to have this a little bit of awareness of like, oh, there's a gap there. Oh, I never thought about that. I didn't realize that might be what's causing some of this discontent that I feel in my soul, right? So when you're thinking about why you want this, you think about those questions. Like, why do you want this? Why are you willing to put the work in? What does it matter? And sometimes it takes somebody else kind of walking you through this process of finding out your why. So here's what it would look like if I was helping helping you, okay? So here we go. I'm taking you through the process. Why do you really want this transformation? Why are you not okay with where you're at right now? What if nothing changed? So what? So what? So you stay the same. So you don't feel any better. So you don't give your kids any better chance of learning anything better than what you're showing them. So what? Are you okay with that? Again, so what if nothing changes? Why do you care? Why do you care? And you'll find that as you start answering these questions, new things will come up for you and you just keep digging. You just keep going. So what? So I remember taking someone through this, another mom. She was a mom of, oh, I want to say like four boys. She was building a business and I can't even remember what it was that we were working through, but it had something to do with some things in their home of kind of creating a better structure and a way to teach. She homeschooled and it was it was creating some better structure in her home to change the environment in her home that was more conducive to her kids' learning style and the function of you know, what happened in their home. And I was asking this question, I'm like, so why do you care? You know, because we're going through a goal setting session, okay, a goal chunking session. And so we, we identified the goal. She wanted to do something, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, okay, well, let's first determine why you care. Like, why does this matter? And she was like, well, I think it'll enhance the function of my home. And I said, so what? And she's like, so maybe there'll be less chaos. And I'm like, so what? And she's like, so there'll be m- less stress. And I'm like, so what? Like, Who cares? And she's like, well, the stress drives away the spirit. And I was like, so what? I'm like, who cares? And she's like, but I need that spirit there. And I was like, so why? Why do you care? I mean, and it sounds kind of ruthless, right? <laughs> sounds kind of ruthless. But this is how I found really effective to dig down deep. We're peeling off the layers of the onion, right? And so I just kept pressing and she, I just kept saying, so what? And she's like, but if the spirit's not here, then my boys won't feel it either. And I was like, so, so what? And she said, but if they don't learn how to feel that I'm going to lose them, I'm going to lose them on this journey. And I was like, are you okay with that? And she said, no, no, I'm not. And there come the tears, even in me right now. And this is several years ago. It's still, I can see myself where we had this conversation. And she said, I'm not okay with that. And I said, so what are you going to do about it? And she said, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I'm starting with making sure that my environment can invite the spirit. That I can eliminate as much chaos as possible. Because we have enough chaos that comes naturally from having a home full of boys. I don't need to have other chaos that I can control if I worked a little harder. Do you see how powerful that is to dial deep into that why? It's a, such a deeper Why? And it's not something that maybe you would share with everybody, you know, when somebody goes, hey, why are you conmaring your house or whatever, you know? Um, I shared my story uh, when we talked about commitment, about why I, you know, dove into my house and it was for a much deeper version or a much deeper reason than just like, hey, it feels good when it's clean. It's like, this is vital to me and my ability to stay calm and feel like a deal with the overwhelm which massively affects how I deal with my children. This isn't just about me. This is giving them a chance, right? And when it's not, when things aren't in order and things aren't at least on some level of, you know, controlling the chaos, then all the other chaos is too much and I'm not okay. And that's not, I'm not okay with that. Right? So digging deep into that why really makes a big difference. Um, And when you have a strong why like that, you're going to want to post it somewhere. You're going to want to use it as a visual reminder. You're going to want to, you know, remind yourself of it often. You're going to want to put it where you see it all the time. Maybe it's not something you want other people to see, but put it somewhere where you see it. And, and you have it on the top of your mind as the driving force behind the changes. Now we're about ready to start dissecting and unpacking these pillars, um, And now you've, if you've listened to all these episodes and really applied them, you have got some great foundational work into now the part of transformation that's really coming. It's like, hey, we're going to start addressing some chemical needs. We're going to start addressing some lifestyle needs and some spiritual needs and some mindset needs and some purpose needs. And you're going to have to do some work, right? You're going to have to make some changes. And when that why is strong enough, it'll pull you through. Now, I believe in you, mamas. We can do this. We have. Some of us have done this and some of us are still, you know, in the trenches, but we're we're making such great progress. And I'm on this journey with you. I'm not out of the woods yet. And I know what to do to keep myself growing and and get out of the woods. And so I'm on this process with you too. I love you, mamas. I really do. And so does Heavenly Father. And he wants us to find that joy and that peace that he's been telling us about. And he wants us to be able to be that mom for our kids and that spouse that, that we really desire to be filled with hope and peace and joy and fulfillment. And we can do it. We can do it. Check out the Facebook page if you're looking for more encouragement and laughs and and some support. We're there to support each other and then keep coming back because we're going to have episodes coming out pretty regularly that are going to help unpack these five pillars for us. I will catch you guys on the next episode.